Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Be sure to check out our great offer from audible.com. Check out their subscription deal and a free book from audible.com. But let's go to the floor of CPAC for an update with the Weekly Standard's Michael Warren. Michael, how's it going? I'm great. How are you, Michael? I'm jealous that you're getting to hang out at CPAC, where I understand the liquor is flowing like uh, water and all of the women are above average. Is that true? I, uh, who are you, uh, sources on this information? I, uh, I've yet to, uh, come across the, at least the liquor, uh, uh, element of it. But no, it's, it's, uh, a very big conference, a very exciting conference. I'm looking at What's out the mood? Let me right ask you. What, what's, what's... There's, 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 a, there's a lot of, uh, trepidation. People aren't entirely sure, uh, I think, uh, what the, what the future of, uh, the conservative movement is, mm-hmm. what the future of the Republican Party is, and, they're all sort of trying to figure that out this weekend. Uh, the activists and the uh, the politicians and, and everyone else who's who's all trying to find their way after the 2012 election. Well, uh, there have been some uh, high-profile speeches from Marco Rubio and Rand Paul in particular, obviously other people as well, but those two seem to be used as benchmarks in the conversations I've heard of Rubio tradi- representing more of the traditional Republican coalition and Rand Paul representing the younger, more libertarian coalition. Is that how the CPAC event is breaking down broadly, or are those just kind of two uh, fact points you know, on the uh, on the map? You know, it's, it's hard to tell. I think that you're absolutely right about where the two, those particular two senators who were likely presidential candidates in 2016, uh, that, that's about where they where they fell in their speeches. Uh, it's hard to tell from the activists. It's hard to tell from the rank and file. There is a lot of support here for Rand Paul, a lot of stand with Rand signs and stickers and T-shirts, uh, particularly uh, on, on Thursday when, uh, when Rand Paul spoke. Uh, but, you know, there was a, a distinct difference in the, uh, perhaps, tone of their speeches. Uh, Rubio came right before uh, Paul. Uh, I thought Rubio's was, was much more positive in, in the sense of, this is what uh, what we believe as conservatives. These are the, the values that we hold. Uh, these, are the, these are the principles that we stand by, you know, that stand the test of time, that mm-hmm. sort of uh, Reagan-esque uh, affirmation of conservative principles. Uh, Rand Paul's was was much more uh, negative, and I don't I don't mean that in a negative way, but just a, 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 <laughs> in a descriptive way, uh, it, it more along the lines of what uh, conservatives aren't, what conservatives don't believe. He was positive uh, about he, being negative. Exactly, he was positively <laughs> negative. Uh, you said that people were you know kind of down or whatever uh, at CPAC this year. Um, you know, it's been a while since. The Republicans have won a popular vote. In fact, it's been since 1988 since the Republicans won the popular vote. Why are they more negative this year than all the other years of losers in the past? It's actually not true. It's 2004 was the only. Oh, time I'm sorry. A non-incumbent, non-incumbent, yeah, non-incumbent Republican but hasn't won the popular vote. It sure feels vote. like it, though. Uh, you know, talking with, uh, with uh, conservatives here, you know. I mean, 2010 was was only three years ago, right. uh, two and a half years ago, really. Uh, but it, it does seem that a lot of the the energy has been sapped because I think a lot of the people here were expecting that, you know, as 2010 went for uh, those House Democrats, uh, so would 2012 go for uh, for President Obama and, and the Senate. I think there's a more realist uh, perspective here in terms of uh, the electoral future of. The Republican Party. There's a lot of discussion of what do we need to change uh, 
about uh, ourselves, whether it's uh, tone, whether it's message, whether it's policies, whether it's politics. Um, there is a lot of discussion about that. And I don't think, uh, uh, you know, we're not yet completely through with feedback, but I don't think there's, so far there's been a, uh, a clear answer on that question. Right. And that's, uh, that's probably going to be frustrating a lot of conservatives uh, from here on out. But, uh, you know, the discussion goes on. Michael Warren from the floor of CPAC, the decision to not invite Chris Christie but to invite uh, Donald Trump. The person responsible for that, will they be allowed to commit Harry Carey, or are they, in fact, going to be executed by the attendees? You know, I felt like I was watching uh, Donald Trump on Friday morning and this morning, and uh, it was amazing. There, there had to have been just as many media members in the audience as there were actual activists. You know, it was early in the morning. There weren't a ton of people there, probably, you know, partaking in all that liquor the night before. And so <laughs> Trump's speech really was inconsequential. It was it was rambling. It was incoherent. He jumped from topic to topic, and a lot of it didn't make any sense. So I think that uh, the, the impact on the activists here was was, was minimal, if negligible. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that, that by not inviting Chris Christie, you know, that, that it would have been an interesting speech. I think it would have been a high-profile speech, and, and you would have been able to hear but here's a, the point. another perspective. No, no rational Republican-slash-conservative thinks that Donald Trump has any role in the future of the party, and Chris Christie doesn't. I mean, that you have to be affirmative. You, you have to be dumb on purpose to make a call like that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let everybody else make that judgment. But uh, Well, how do the CPAC people I mean, defend it? How do they defend inviting the birther nitwit and scaring off the uh, one of the players in the Republican Party? Well, I think their argument is, look, we are not the Republican political action conference or the conservative political action conference. That doesn't really explain the Trump invite. Uh, I don't think he's ever been particularly, uh, uh, well, primarily uh, a conservative in, in any sort of move sense. Um, I think Chris Christie uh, angered a lot of uh, a lot of activists when he seemed to have embraced uh, Barack Obama there toward the uh, end of the campaign, at least with regard to the Sandy relief uh, and, and all of that. Um, but it, it is it is a little surprising, and it, and it shows that. Uh, I think that, uh, that there's still a little bit of shell shock. Mm-hmm. I think the conservative movement's having uh, after the election, and they're sort of really not sure who they are, and uh, and, and maybe uh, reacting to uh, you know something like Chris Christie embracing Barack Obama in a way that says, "Well, that's not who we are," uh, and uh, and I think they're going to end up uh, regretting not inviting him, and only because it would be a great speech and would get a lot of attention from uh, a lot of people who like. Chris Christie and want to hear what he has to say. And, and conservatives like me who want to hear if there's some place, some layover between what Chris Christie believes, some overlap between he believes and what uh, what they believe. You know, I helped start the Tea Party movement. And so I'm, I'm open to Chris Christie at least to have the conversation. It's crazy that he's not there. I want to ask you, who have you seen that has surprised you, if anyone, and who is missing that surprises you? Uh, well, I, I guess I had I had the schedule, so nobody nobody uh, surprised me by showing up. Right. But uh, I was surprised by Ken Cuccinelli, the Virginia governor candidate, gubernatorial candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, his speech uh, on uh, Thursday morning was what basically the first address of CPAC, uh, and uh, it was surprising because he struck a, a much more moderate tone, and I mean that in, in the in the rhetorical sense. He uh, 
spoke a lot about his uh, the importance of, uh, of, of life, um, and not just uh, within the context of the pro-life movement and right. abortion, but also uh, you know his efforts in Virginia to stop sex trafficking, uh, his his push for a, uh, a a better and reformed criminal justice system, and he has a reputation in in Virginia and and, and elsewhere as being sort of a hard hardliner, which he is. He was the first attorney general uh, in the country to sue the government over Obamacare. But I think it showed a different side of him, and it was surprising because this isn't exactly a place where you're trying to pick up, uh, you know, moderates or Democrats uh, in a in an election. It's a bunch of conservative activists. Sure. But I think he sort of showed a, uh, a side of himself that uh, I don't think, uh, uh, I, I certainly wasn't expecting, even if I had an idea that he, he sort of held a lot of those a lot of those views. Uh, somebody who, uh, I, what, what was your other question? Another question, someone that's not there. But before we do, I mean, let's set that aside because there's something else I want to ask you there. You always have booths and groups that are represented. Any uh, any personal favorites of yours, Michael, or any ones that make, for example, I heard that there is a Judge Napolitano for president <laughs> table somewhere. The, the uh, judge from Fox News who frequently sits in uh, uh, on the uh, special report show when the weekly standard chair is empty. Uh, any other booths like that that caught your eye? I, I saw that booth uh, earlier this morning. It's uh, it's a nice booth with a lot of uh, uh, cool, flashy video. <laughs> uh, I liked uh, there there were there was uh, two things I should say. There was one booth, and all it had was a whiteboard, and written on the whiteboard said, "Ask about getting your picture taken with the real Alan West." And I thought, well, that's uh, that'll that, that should draw a lot of people in. Right. Um, and 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 then the second was uh, there's there's actually a uh, somebody dressed up as Bumblebee, the Transformer from the Transformer movie. Okay. He's walking around. I'm not entirely sure what he's doing, but <laughs> the kind of uh, crazy stuff you see here at Speedback. Uh, and so uh, I guess it was one of those things where I wasn't surprised when I saw it, and mm. then I did a double take and thought about it. And I said, that was, that was kind of weird. Uh, who who could get the biggest roar from the crowd based on what you've heard from the crowd and their attitude by walking into the room and other than president obama who would get the loudest booze and i'd like to nominate <laughs> for the second answer john mccain john mccain especially when Rand paul was uh, i should say Rand paul got a, uh, a huge response yesterday uh okay. when he, on thursday when he spoke and uh, he didn't mention john mccain's name but uh, he did mention that uh, the old guard of the gop yep. is Stale and moss covered, and then he made sort of an oblique reference to, to McCain. He said, "I don't have to name any names," <laughs> and I think everybody got that. Uh, so I think, especially for a time when a lot of the uh, Rand Paul acolytes were were uh, running around in, in, in the building, uh, I say Rand was probably the most popular, and after Obama, McCain would probably be the least popular. So a lot of a uh, lot of debate and discussion going on at this CPAC. Michael Warren from the floor of CPAC, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast from theweeklystandard.com. Be sure to check out our terrific deal from audible.com, including a free book. I'm your host, Michael Graham.